welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 22. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing Super Mario Maker 2 and The Outer Wilds. In the news this week, Guardian Con raised $3.7 million for charity, the Steam summer sale started, and Bernie Sanders has started his own Twitch channel. So it's a jam-packed week. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. Uh, I'm good this week and it has been hot, hot, hot here in London this week uh, with temperatures reaching about 35 degrees here in the capital. Uh, Across Europe, um, France had record-breaking temperatures of 45 degrees, which sounds very, very toasty indeed. Although luckily today it's much cooler, um, which makes for a much more comfortable podcast recording, that's for sure. Uh, Outside of gaming this week, uh, Glastonbury Festival 2019 is going on at the moment and it's the biggest festival in the world. Uh, I haven't been to the festival for a few years, but it's still great to watch on TV or listen to on the radio. Uh, One thing I like about Glastonbury is discovering all the new bands and this year I discovered a female solo artist called Freya Ridings. Uh, You can check out her stuff on Spotify, Uh, she's really, really good. Also, uh, Louis Capaldi is really good as well. And I've just been watching a set from Years and Years as well, so they're really good too. Uh, Surprise bands are always great fun as well, with the Foles ripping it up on the park stage on Saturday night. Uh, Stormzy did a great set on Friday night, and the Chemical Brothers did a classic set on Saturday night with uh, amazing visuals as normal from the Chemical Brothers. Uh, So everything's available on iPlayer to catch up for the next 30 days. So if you're in the UK uh, or have access to iPlayer, you can check out all those sets for the next 30 days otherwise you can catch up with everything on BBC Sounds in Game of Thrones board game news uh, I had a great start to the week uh, like I said last week I rushed to five castles dug out a good position but then then a single point defeat has turned the whole game for me with five castles uh, you get a target on your back and uh, a few quick decisions from me have led to enemies on every uh, <laughs> on every coast on every doorstep uh, so it's not looking good for Baratheon anymore. Oh well, I guess there is always the next game. Uh, it's great fun though, and uh, if you like strategy board games, I definitely recommend checking it out on Thronemaster.net. So that's enough of non-gaming related news, let's get into what I've been playing this week. So Super Mario Maker 2 came out this week on Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's super fun, and I've been enjoying the story and the level creation modes. I haven't quite finished my level yet, but I'll let you know once I do and post up the level code in the show notes when it's ready. It's a fairly in-depth process, so it's probably going to take a little bit of time to get it just right. I've been learning and practicing shell jumping and other Kaizo techniques as well, but uh, I've still got a lot to learn, uh, but I'm looking forward to creating some hopefully good levels in Super Mario Maker 2. So if you get stuck on story mode, uh, I've posted up a lot of the solutions on the This Week in Video Games YouTube channel, so pop over there, and get some help with story mode if you need it. Otherwise this week I've been playing The Outer Wilds and uh, such a great game and totally out of nowhere. It's a game about exploration, space travel and piecing together clues before the sun explodes. But more about that soon. Uh, First up, let's get into my Super Mario Maker 2 review. (laughs) 
Super Mario Maker 2 is here and the game arrives on Nintendo Switch, building on a great first outing on Nintendo Wii U. This time, Nintendo have added a story mode, local and online multiplayer elements and the classic level editing abilities, which is a central feature to any Super Mario Maker game. There were a few questions before the game released if the Nintendo Switch would be suitable given the other systems had stylus inputs. However, Nintendo's improved the tooling for Super Mario Maker 2 and making levels is just as fun and addicting as ever. The story mode in Super Mario Maker 2 offers up levels created by Nintendo which act as a nice introduction to new players as well as showcase the new features which have been added to the games in the sequel. The story's light, Mario and a bunch of toads have to rebuild Princess Peach's castle as it's fallen down, and what follows is a showcase of levels ranging in difficulty which perfectly shows off the range and gives players ideas for the levels of their own. It's kind of like a, a method of inspiration for all those creators out there. Story mode is great fun and uh, should be where any new player starts. Making is central to Super Mario Maker 2 and uh, from the very first moments you can jump right in and start making with a rich set of tools on offer. With a Wii U you could sit back and use the gamepad to design courses on the screen. Uh, the Switch handles this a little differently, however if you do want to use a stylus then the Switch will support that. Nintendo has introduced the item wheel to accommodate the controller input, however course creation is probably best done with the touch controls. It all may feel a little bit overwhelming at the start with the menus, the items and the options. Nintendo does try to help out here with Yamamura's dojo. Yamamura is a pigeon, a semi-retired homing pigeon nonetheless, and the tutorials range from beginner, intermediate and advanced. Yamamura teaches you the basics through a series of tutorials and it's advised to at least check out the beginner guides before wading into creation. There's plenty of new features added into Super Mario Maker 2, You've got slopes, angry suns, on-off switches, seesaws, swinging hooks, dry bone shell and customised scrolling mechanics. There's rising and falling water and lava levels and there's also clear conditions as well. For example, try and clear a whole level without jumping. Super Mario Maker 3D World makes its debut in the game as a new design mode which also includes Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros 3, Super Mario World and new Super Mario Bros. Fans were hoping that more styles might be added to the game, but at the moment it seems like this is it. Super Mario 3D World is under a new section called Extra Themes, and this led fans to believe there might be more themes available. This is likely to be in DLC later down the line, but here's hoping for Super Mario Bros. 2, a legendary Super Mario game. And this totally makes sense, as 3D World has extra mechanics not used in other Marios, as does Super Mario Bros. 2. So, fingers crossed for the future. As well as the plethora of game styles, there's also an alternative day-night mode which affects the levels in different ways. For example, underground in night mode turns the whole level upside down and mixes things up in terms of puzzling. Also included here are snow, desert and forest levels, all with their tricky additions making your clear of Super Mario Maker 2 levels all that much harder. Vertical levels have been added as well, as well as customisable scrolling up and down, as well as your regular kind of left and right. And there are enough additions here to warrant the number 2 after the title, as you can create levels that were impossible in the original Super Mario Maker. Super Mario 3D World is a new theme added to the design palette for the game, and it works slightly differently to other Mario titles, and therefore sits outside the main mechanics of the other games. 
For example, when you create a level, you can seamlessly switch between the other themes of Super Mario Bros., Super Mario 3, Super Mario World, etc. Uh, but Super Mario 3D World has a number of new features which aren't in those games, and therefore is somewhat of an outlier. Levels have to be created specifically with this mode in mind. Mario has extra abilities like a charge jump, a long jump, as well as the cat abilities like climbing up walls and air diving. Enemies are somewhat different too, with bullet bills flying in from the background affecting the main course a la Turtles in Time from the arcades or the SNES. Online, the game really excels. You do have to have a subscription to Nintendo Switch Online to access the modes. However, it feels like a worthwhile investment, which basically means an infinite amount of Super Mario levels to keep you entertained. Once you've created a level, playtested it and feel happy to release it to the world, you can upload it to the cloud and have other players all around the world try out your level. Once it's gone out there into the world, you get a code for the level, which you can then share with your friends or online via social media to get it out there and played by the masses. Players can leave notes and feedback on your levels too. And uh, Gone is 100-man Mario, where you had 100 lives to get through as many levels as you could in the original. This has been replaced by Endless Challenge Mode, where you can take on as many levels as you can. However, you can skip levels with no penalty at the moment, which does seem like an odd decision. Course World, uh, which is Super Mario Maker's online arena, allows players to search courses by difficulty, location, genre and popularity. Local multiplayer for up to four players looks great fun. I haven't had the chance to test it out yet, but with up to four Marios on the screen, it looks like chaotic fun. Hopefully Nintendo will add more online multiplayer to Super Mario Maker 2 in the near future, and hopefully it could have four players or more battling out on the same level together. In 2019, battle royales are all the rage, and mixing up the multiplayer battle elements with the Mario game seems like a no-brainer. Nintendo did in fact recently tell an independent developer to take down their Super Mario Battle Royale mod, showing there is an appetite out there. One can only imagine what it would be like if Nintendo threw their creativity behind such a design. But for now, we're going to just have to wait and see. One thing I was surprised by was how quickly the game grabbed me and wouldn't let me go. The first day I got it, I simply couldn't put it down. I raced through story mode, studied the creation tools and made some simple levels, and then dove into online play. When I wasn't playing Super Mario Maker 2, I was thinking about it. What would my next level look like? How could I recreate the Kaizo levels I'd learned to love watching Twitch on YouTube? And will people like my levels? There's so many questions. <laughs> Above all else, I've fallen in love with Super Mario Maker 2. I came to the world of Super Mario Maker late in the life cycle of the Wii U and really enjoyed playing that. However, it did have some drawbacks. Super Mario Maker 2 improves on the first game in almost every way with great tools, new features, with online and local play added into the mix. It feels like Nintendo have added the polish to an already fine-looking pair of shoes. I can only recommend this game to anyone who's enjoyed Super Mario Bros. over the years or wondered what it would be like to design their own Mario game. So, the game was developed by Nintendo and uh, is available on Nintendo Switch and the original release date was the 28th of June 2019 and I gave the game a final score of 88 out of 100. So what do you think of Super Mario Maker 2? Did you pick it up? Do you think it's an improvement over Super Mario Maker on the Wii U? Send me an email on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and let me know what you think of it. That's it for my review of Super Mario Maker 2. Next up, let's check out my review of The Outer Wilds. Thank mm-hmm. you.
The Outer Wilds is a fun game that combines themes of Groundhog Day and space exploration into a delightful package that will keep you wanting to return for more. When you start the Outer Wilds, you wake up by a campfire. It's pleasant, it's a clear evening, with your buddy roasting marshmallows by an open fire. The day has come and you're about to leave the planet in a spaceship for your debut mission. As you wander around your home planet, Timber Hearth, and talk to the inhabitants there, you find out the little clues that stick in the mind. Your buddy by the fire there suggests you've got one final practice with a remote control test ship before you blast off and go and pick up the launch codes from the head scientist over in the observatory. In a spooky scene inside the observatory, I locked gaze with a statue only for its eyes to glow bright and space-time was suddenly visualised in front of my eyes. I can only describe it as something out of Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Your fellow inhabitants pass this off as a mere hallucination, but something's going on here. Once you have the codes, you blast off into space and you're off on your adventures. The freedom that comes with space travel in the outer wilds is a sheer joy. Spot a planet or a moon, set your speed and fly straight there. Just make sure you keep your helmet on. The first time I blasted off into space and landed, I took my helmet off for some reason. I stepped off into the new terrain only to keel over and die immediately. (laughs) Another time, I found a huge gas planet and tried to land on the surface, only to fall through into the oceans beneath, and I was swiftly eaten by a huge monster under the waves. It was delightfully terrifying and surprising in equal measures. There's a serene and calming quality to the outer wilds. Explore, investigate and discover clues that lead you to other Harthian astronauts from your home planet investigating clues on other worlds. Float through space and pick and choose where you want to go, all the while noting entries into the log. The solar system only has a handful of planets and moons, however, they do feel distinctive and different enough. The sense of one minute walking around a planet to the next blasting off into the upper atmosphere is a great feeling. Then about 20 minutes after you start playing, the sun explodes. But you start again, back from where you woke up, first next to the campfire with your friend, That's the beauty of the Outer Wilds, and where the comparisons to Groundhog Day come from. You have a certain time limit to understand as much information, collect as many clues as possible, and try your best to figure out why the sun explodes before that loop starts again. seems to be you're the only one experiencing the time loop effect, and you retain the memories from a previous life, allowing you to piece together the mystery of why the sun is exploding, and hopefully preventing it in the future. The Outer Wilds is played from a first-person perspective, You wake up, explore a little bit, and you'll probably die, more often than not in a comical fashion. When you set off on your journey, you're given a device that allows you to translate the ancient language of the Namai. You travel around the solar system, and you use this to decode the clues. At the start of the game, it's a little overwhelming knowing where to go and what to do first. 
The fact that you only have 20 minutes to do so helps here. It gives you a nice time-boxed experience which can either be picked up and played for hours on end, figuring out all the clues, or you can pick it up and play it for a cycle or two. The Outer Wilds does a great job of tantalising little clues in front of you, making you not want to put the game down. There's a wonderful sense of discovery in the Outer Wilds as a player, but there's also reading the sense of discovery with your translator tool and realising the Namai also had that same sense of wonder discovering all the secrets of the solar system. A ship is the best friend of any space traveller and yours is no different. It looks like it's made out of a few barrels and stuck together with glue, but don't be fooled as this is a robust vessel and it can take a few rough landings no problem. It's got a few useful tools on it like the autopilot and a sensor which you can point towards a planet to find out more information from a distance. You can fly, loop-de-loop and drift through space knowing this trusty ship will keep out most of the space nasties. Just don't encounter something that's big enough to swallow you and your ship because they won't think twice. The Outer Wilds offers up mystery, wonder and motivation to explore the multiple worlds. It's also just a nice place to simply hang out in. Look around and enjoy your time. You can gaze out there into space or check out a beautiful sunset on a local planet. For the more adventurous you can check out the caves on a local moon with just your torch. It's got something for everyone. The aesthetic of the game is quite cartoony, it's vibrant and friendly which also adds to the pleasant experience. In summary, The Outer Wilds was a surprise to me as it came out of nowhere and that may make the game even better. If you like exploration and discovering clues to piece them back together for a little space escapism then this game might be for you. So this game was developed by Mobius Digital. It's available on PC via the Epic Store, uh, Mac as well, and on Xbox One. And it was originally released on the 29th of May, 2019. And overall, I gave the game an 83 out of 100. So what did you think about The Outer Wilds? Send me an email on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It'd be great to hear from you. I'd love to hear about your space adventures, any weird and wonderful things that you found around the solar system. And yeah, send me an email on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. I'd love to hear about your experience in The Outer Wilds. That's it for what I've been playing this week. But if you're enjoying This Week in Video Games, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really helps to get the word out about the podcast. So if you've got access to iTunes and a few minutes, then I'd really appreciate it if you went over to iTunes and left us a nice review. And don't forget that This Week in Video Games has a YouTube channel that goes alongside with the podcast. Uh, the YouTube channel has got the entire archive of the podcast as well as dedicated reviews, interviews, features and quite a lot of how-to videos as well. There's uh, recent how-to videos on Super Mario Maker 2 and uh, Destiny 2 for the season of Opulence as well. So search up This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all the latest content. And if you want to see anything specific on YouTube, send me an email to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It'd be great to hear from you. Next up, let's take a look at the news of the week. So first up in the news this week, GuardianCon 2019 has raised $3.7 million for St. Jude. And GuardianCon has raised all that money uh, last weekend during their charity stream, which included a huge £920,000 by Dr. Lupo in his final four-hour block to finish things off. So GuardianCon is a charity-focused event raising money for St. Jude and demonstrates the power of good gaming can provide. Now in its fifth year, the event has grown from strength to strength. Uh, the event was started by three streamer friends, Ben Bowman, who goes by Professor Broman, 
Corey Michael, King Gathalian, and Kevin Murray, K Magic 101. And uh, they had a small meetup in Florida which focused on Destiny originally. Now the event is a huge yearly event uh, with a charity marathon and a convention with talks, which I think happened this weekend. Uh, it's got meetups and uh, big name games like Borderlands 3, Warframe, and Destiny as well. The team behind the event say, We've moved past a community meetup event and into a charity event. We want to use our reach to better the world and help those in need through gaming. So Bungie took part in the charity stream as well and hit 400 grand, which is incredible. And then Dr. Lupo came in at the end of the marathon and broke all kinds of records by raising nearly a million dollars. There's $920,000 in four and a half hours. And I definitely recommend going to check out Dr. Lupo's broadcast. It's really, really something special. You can see Dr. Lupo is absolutely overwhelmed by the generosity of the community. And uh, it's really, really good. So head on over to Twitch and uh, search up um, GuardianCon on Twitch and you can check out their past broadcasts. And Dr. Lupo's broadcast is there. And there's broadcasts from all different kinds of streamers as well. Um, it's really, really, really good fun. So congratulations to everyone involved in GuardianCon. It's, uh, it's truly an inspiration to us all. And uh, yeah, doing some really, really good stuff there and demonstrating the good that gaming can do. So as I mentioned before, the convention was on July the 5th and 6th in Florida, and uh, I'm sure it'll be back again next year. So if you're into video games and raising money for charity, then I definitely recommend checking out GuardianCon. Next up in the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gameplay, the extended cut has been released. So EA and Respawn have released to the public the full behind-closed-doors demo of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It was originally shown off in a private event at um, E3 by EA to, to the press, but now it's been available to all via YouTube. Although the original demo looked pretty good, it gave the impression that it was a linear story, and perhaps the lightsaber battles were quite easy. Stig Asmussen said on a blog post released on EA's website, I promise there's a considerable challenge and depth to be found within our combat system. The same can be said about our approach to level design, which is crafted in a non-linear way with heavy influences from games like Metroid, Castlevania and the Souls series. The game will feature several planets and the player can elect to travel via a starship. On these worlds, unique abilities and upgrades can be found that open up new paths uh, across other planets, making traversal an essential part of the gameplay experience. So this Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order gameplay certainly looks exciting. It's great to see Respawn lean into Souls, Castlevania and Metroid-like gameplay experiences. And Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is released on November the 15th, 2019. So next up in the news, Twitch has added subscriber streams and Twitch has introduced a new feature for partners and affiliates this week, subscriber streams. Previously, Twitch has offered subscribed and affiliates features such as emotes. However, with subscriber streams, this opens up the opportunity for private streams to subs only. Non-subs can see a preview but cannot interact with the stream unless they sub. VODs of streams which have been set to subscriber only are also private as well. And Twitch introduced a new feature on their blog by saying subscriber streams are an exciting new way for streamers to offer another benefit to some of their biggest supporters. Subscribers, VIPs and mods. If a viewer subscribes to a channel at any tier, including a Twitch Prime sub, they'll have access to the creator subscriber streams. If they're not a subscriber and they arrive on a channel that's running a subscriber stream, they'll see a preview of what's going on, and if they'd like, they'll be able to join the party immediately by subscribing. So you can find out more about subscriber streams on thisweekinvideogames.com, 
and uh, go to the website and uh, search up subscriber streams in the search box and you'll find a link to Twitch's blog. Next up we've got more Twitch news and Bernie Sanders has started a Twitch channel. So one of the Democratic nominees over in the US, Bernie Sanders, has started up his own Twitch channel and it's not yet clear what he's going to stream, but he started one anyway. Uh, I kind of hope he takes on Sekiro and uh, takes on Madam Butterfly, but we'll see where he <laughs> we'll see what he does. <laughs> they say go where the audience is, and uh, Bernie is certainly doing that. Uh, he was a popular candidate during the Democratic nominations in the build-up to the 2016 Democratic race, which was ultimately won by Hillary Clinton. Sanders plans to use YouTube, Facebook and Twitch to livestream directly to his supporters uh, some updates on his progress and discuss the issues of the day. Josh Miller-Lewis runs the digital arm of Sanders' campaign and Josh said, We're moving toward doing a lot more live content on Twitch, YouTube and Facebook, tapping into an audience where there's not a lot of political content already. You can check out Bernie Sanders' Twitch channel um, if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com and search Bernie Sanders uh, you'll find a link to his Twitch channel there and uh, make sure you check him out and drop him 500 bits. Next up, Steam Summer Grand Prix has had a bit of a negative effect for indies. Uh, so Valve's Steam Summer Sale started this week and had an unexpected consequence on the indie gaming community. Uh, taking part in the Summer Sale Grand Prix this year, Valve said the audience would win a chance to win a game off their wish list. Uh, this had the unfortunate effect of people taking off lower price games off their wish list, so people would increase the chance of winning the higher price games. Uh, indie game developers have reported this meant many lower price games, which are often indie titles, were removed from the wish lists. Indie developers rely on wish list additions to let audiences know of updates, uh, like items in a sale, for example. Um, Valve did issue a clarification after the event, saying winners um, would get the game at the top of their wish list. And uh, they said, to clarify one point, if your team makes it to the podium and you're randomly chosen to win something off your Steam wishlist, then we'll grant you the top item. Uh, just move your favourite item to the top of your wishlist and you should be good to go. There's no need to remove other items from your wishlist. Keep them there so you'll be notified when those items release or go on sale. Valve also said, we've heard your feedback about the complexity of the Steam Grand Prix event. We designed something pretty complicated with a bunch of numbers and uh, rules and recognise we should have been more clear. We want to apologise for the confusion this has caused and also apologised for the broken mechanics which have led to an unbalanced event. You can find out more about the Steam Summer Grand Prix event on the Steam store pages and uh, if you go to This Week in Video Games and search up Summer Grand Prix, uh, you'll find a link uh, to the blog post there. And next up in the news, Super Mario Battle Royale has been hit with a cease and desist and a fan-made Super Mario Battle Royale has been hit with a cease and desist by Nintendo causing it to be renamed DMCA Royale. So Battle Royales are everywhere. Um, we've got Fortnite, Apex Legends, Fallout 76 has got one now and even Tetris 99 as well. So why not Super Mario Brothers? Uh, the mod was initially released on the 15th of June 2019 and you play along with 75 other Marios trying to get to the end of the level without dying. It's really, really fun. Uh, Nintendo noticed on the 21st of June, and it appears as if they served a cease and desist as the game was swiftly changed and all the Mario and Nintendo references were removed from the game. Uh, the game is still playable, um, with over a 1,000 players currently playing at the time of recording this podcast. 
the Mario Battle Royale is a very cool mod, and uh, hopefully this will make Nintendo think, and perhaps we could see this kind of Battle Royale mode added into the future of Super Mario Maker 2, or another iteration of Super Mario in the future. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. And finally in the news this week, League of Legends has been banned in Iran and Syria. And uh, fans of League of Legends in Iran and Syria have found them unable to play the game since the US government has enforced a ban in those countries. Uh, So the US and Iran are engaged in a huge international argument at the moment. Sanctions have been introduced. Riot, the development team behind the popular League of Legends game, has no choice but to block users uh, based in those countries. Reactions of Iranian players and fans have been of shock, and you can read on the League of Legends forum, and uh, if you go over to thisweekinvideogames.com, search uh, League of Legends, and uh, you'll find a link to that report and a link to that forum there. According to reports, this is the first time a video game has been restricted access based on an international dispute between two countries. So, hopefully, uh, for the sake of all of us, uh, they will sort it all out soon, and uh, the League of Legends players in Iran and Syria will be able to carry on playing their game. So that's it for the news this week, and next up, let's take a look at the charts. So first up in the charts this week, at number 10, we've got Anthem, which is down two places from number 8. Uh, number nine this week, we've got Tom Clancy's The Division 2, which shoots up a huge 15 places from 24. Uh, then in at number eight, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's up three places from number 11. Then at seven, we've got Grand Theft Auto 5. That's up two places from number nine. Holding steady at number six, we've got Battlefield 5. And holding steady again at number five, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, down two places from number two last week to number four this week is Days Gone. And uh, up one place from four last week to three this week, Forza Horizon 4, which is on a resurgence right now. Uh, down one from uh, one to two, we got FIFA 19. And fresh in at number one this week, we've got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Uh, straight in there at number one, so congratulations to uh, all the developers by, behind Crash Team Racing. Good work there. That's it for the charts this week. Let's see what we've got coming up next week. So next week, on July the 2nd, we've got a few games. So Apex Legends Season 2 comes out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, We've got Final Fantasy XIV Online Shadowbringers DLC. That's coming out on PC and PS4. Then we've got Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered Edition. That's coming out on Switch. On July the 3rd, we've got Just Cause 4 Lost Dominos. That's a DLC coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And then we've got Stranger Things 3, the game, coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. That's coming out on July the 4th. Uh, also on July the 4th, we've got Wonder Blade, that's coming out on PC. And then on July the 5th, we've got Attack on Titan 2, the final battle, that's PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We've got Sea of Solitude, that's coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And They Are Billions finally comes out on Xbox One. So that's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you want to get involved in the show, email us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or check out the latest on the website all throughout the week. Uh, send in your questions, your comments, your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. Um, I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. So search up This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. If you want to support This Week in Video Games content, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames In exchange for supporting the show, you'll get shout-outs, Discord access, exclusive Patreon polls, 
special design podcast scripts and stickers. Uh, so if you enjoy This Week in Video Games, sign up to Patreon. I'd really appreciate to see you there. So thanks once again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you next weekend. But for now, I'll see you soon.